I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic's interviews where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcina Valley from Canada, a man who wears many hats literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name or my side project, My Night Soundtrack, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists or directing and editing music videos and music documentaries documentaries <laughs> you can follow me on twitter instagram and facebook as marston valley and i should give you guys a full disclosure my mother was not able to watch my youngest son today so you might just hear river in the background today so enjoy that <laughs> yeah he's very welcome to join us um as you can see our shirts have arrived and they are available to purchase on our website there's a link to it in our show notes so go and get them this is true, Ross. Uh, make sure to use the coupon code BTA Rocks. Whether or not you agree with that statement, you still get ten percent off your purchase. Is our little way of saying thanks. You rock. Enjoy. Yeah, and I think if you're using the coupon code, you hopefully think the show rocks enough that you want to buy a shirt. So unless they're buying it just to like burn it or something, that would be like a, a bad decision on their part. But I mean, hey, it supports the show. So for whatever reason you want to buy our shirts, just buy them. <laughs> yeah. We will, we will be happy about it. Absolutely, and moving swiftly on. <laughs> we got to work on that banter. <laughs> yeah, we do. Our banter is a bit stale. And joining us this week is Sheffield-based singer-songwriter Lucy Spraggan. Lucy became a household name in the UK after appearing on the 2012 season of X Factor, and since has found chart success with many of her singles reaching the top 20 in the UK charts. Yeah, her fourth album, I Hope You Don't Mind Me Writing, is released on uh, January 27th through her own label, CTRL Records. We're excited to hear more about the new record, her experiences in the music industry so far, and the advice she'd offer to her fellow musicians. So, welcome to the show, Lucy. Hello. Hi. Hey. How's it going? It's going well. I'm really I'm sorry you had to sit through our stale banter uh, oh, in the beginning it's there, bad. but um, it's uncomfortably you know, bad. Ugh, no. I know. It's it's like we've never. It's like we don't speak to each other very often, and we're making really <laughs> awkward small talk. But the reality is that Marcio and I speak probably at least a couple of hours almost every day oh, yeah. we, well, we should really be better at this by now can we can we get lucy to be as awkward as us now Russ? because yes. i'm feeling so awkward now lucy can you tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know um uh the, i was the, i was called max until i was about uh 10 i think uh, Why? I just i just was convinced i was a boy for quite a oh, long okay. time um that's kind of awkward uh, another thing, I own my own record label, yeah, uh, that's Control Records, uh, CTRL, like the control key. Um, and I enjoy doing that. Um, another thing about me, uh, I'm married recently, got married in June, and I live in near Manchester now rather than Sheffield. 
There we go. Very nice. Nice and concise, to the point. She knows what she's saying. You're an assertive person, aren't you? (laughs) No. No? (laughs) Well, you're appearing like it. (laughs) So let's dive right in. Let's do this. Yeah, so I am... I don't want to. I don't want to talk about X Factor too much, but I feel it's. Well, this it's whole kind interview of a, is X Factor. Oh no, yeah, joking. sorry, I forgot, I forgot to not. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I I, sorry, I just wanted to jump in and speak about it just a little bit because I guess for me it was it was how I heard of you, and I think mm-hmm. it's how a lot of people heard of you initially. Uh, I think that you've done well. You've broken away from like kind of the X Factor label. Um, I just want to kind of find out a little bit from you about the impact of appearing on the show and what that's kind of how that's affected your career and whether you would do it again if you're looking back it's always like a um people always say that like would you do it again if you went back and i'm to be honest i don't know and there's never really any point in even considering it because it's done do you know like and you wouldn't know where life would have gone if i hadn't um it was it was massive like i'm just writing an article at the moment which is advice for people the contestants, the dog is, the dog is in the room, the dog, <laughs> the articles for contestants. It's okay, um, my son in the background, I have my my mic muted because he's going, da-da, 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 and I'm covering my mouth trying to be like, be quiet, honey, I'm doing an interview. So it's all good. Oh, that's such a cute doggy. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. Sorry, go no, on, go on. No, um, yeah, the it, it's crazy. Like, I was the most Googled artist of 2012, and, my first audition was the fourth most watched video in the world that year. And they're all crazy things like that. And obviously I've had a lot of my fan base has stayed with me since, since that time, whether I do it again is, I don't know. Um, it was crazy, uh, but it was an experience that not many people get ever. Um, yeah, it was fun, but I would, don't think I'd recommend it to like a singer songwriter, uh, type. And if you wanted that? to do all your own. I was challenged throughout the whole thing, you know, you can't do your own songs. And I was like, well, I'll leave then. Not in like a sort of unappreciative way, just in the way that that's not what I do. I don't don't do covers and they make me, I'll I'll do them if I like the song, but not something someone's going to tell me to do. And I was sort of like progressing through the circuit anyway. I did my first show when I was like 12 years old and I'd been doing like five shows a week until I went on the X Factor and, I'd been speaking to labels for a long time. People had told me I needed to change my surname or lose mm-hmm. a bit of weight, which I don't think is as rife now. I don't think labels are like that as much now because there are so many more normal people doing music, if if you get what I mean. It, it relies far less on what you look like now, which is a great thing. Uh-huh. But uh, it was crazy. I think we're getting there. We're getting there. Mm, yeah, getting I hope there. so. You know, well, you know, I've always been just to give my two cents, I've always been kind of apprehensive about those kind of shows. And, you know, uh, until we've had guests like yourself on that have actually said, hey, you know what? Uh, for better or for worse, it gave me an audience. You know what I mean? It helped propel me into being able to have a career. And, you know, so if anything, if, if nothing less, would you say it at least helped you with that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I well. mean, it's still probably like the most, I think the most watched in British television program. Maybe oh, worldwide, wow. I don't know. It's like a huge thing. I think when we were on it, there was like 11 to 12 million people tuning in for every sort of episode, which is, you can't, labels can't buy that sort of mm-hmm. exposure and you can't, as an indie, buy that sort of exposure. Well, exactly. imagine you can, but it costs a lot. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I can't I buy mean, that exposure. <laughs> we'll put it that way. We can't buy that. <laughs> neither can no, I. No one in here can do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it you know boosts your socials and stuff like that so much. And I, if you have some kind of knowledge of how the circuit works and how sort of record releasing works and stuff like that, like I, when I went on the show, they asked if we had any online recordings around. I thought they meant YouTube, so I took everything down from online. What I didn't realize what they meant was like previous recordings as in anything on iTunes and they didn't bother to look. So when I did my first audition, my self-released album that I released a year before, which I recorded on a mic like this in my friend's bedroom, um, went to number 22 in the top 40 and my single was at number 11. And at that point, Sony's lawyers rang me on a Sunday, Sunday morning, even for, for a lawyer to call on a Sunday morning, it's quite serious. They told me to remove it. Uh, and it was kind of scary, so I did. That's kind of ridiculous, um, though, because just as a side note, if you sign to one label and you release a record, and then you sign to another rec- label and you release that record, and that record does way better than the first record, that first record sales are going to go up, and that other label can't do anything about it. I mean, mm. so it's kind of ridiculous that they want to hold you down. I guess the, their eyes, and their eyes, they're they're getting you the audience, and they don't want you to profit off that without them getting a piece of the pie. Is what I'm I, seeing I, from I that. It seems kind of. Uh, yeah i mean i always saw it in the way that if somebody went on the x factor and they had an album that they recorded before and that went to number one it puts a knife in the x factors back because the whole process you know you vote for this person to win so they can do well doesn't Mm -hmm. exist anymore after that because then all it shows is that you just need exposure to have a number one album or whatever which is actually true Yeah, I mean, that that is it. And I got that opportunity and I think I was a bit young and naive and I removed it because mm. I had several scary people ringing me telling me that was what I should do. So, Okay, one second. Just before I move forward, I need to adjust my camera. It's, uh, I was noticing it looked like I was like falling. <laughs> it was like on an angle. So I don't want people to be like, why is Marcio on an, like falling? Um, but at the yeah, same time little, as all those things I say about them, I also think, you know, it they they're doing they're trying to like do their job at the same time well you know i I, let's let's move away from x factor now i mean sure that's a part of your history so we have to talk about that but i want to i want to talk about your recent music because that's where you are now and i'm sure that's where your heart lies and that's where your passion is so you know you've spoken a lot about mental health um which i'm really glad you do um as someone in the public eye do you think it's important that you talk about these issues and help uh to raise awareness yeah definitely um but there are just more and more people speaking about it now, like you say, normalizing mental health issues because everybody in some way or another has a mental health issue. And if you don't, you're well lucky. But I think it is important, yeah. Uh, it, it, and it just makes it more normal for everybody. And I think that's important. I think to be able to speak to other well, people you know, is important. Um, oh, I think you just, did she just freeze for you there? Oh. Oh, okay. And you're back. You're back. You froze for a second there. Um, I was just going to say, if you have some sort of other illness in your body, you're going to go to a doctor. You're going to treat it. No one's going to look at you in any way other than, oh, you know, I hope you get better. I hope, you know, everything goes all right. All right. But for some reason, there's a stigma with mental health and it's treated differently. It's treated as a weakness. It's treated like, you know, I don't know, you're looked down upon. And, you know, I'm someone who as well who who writes about that in my music and and i commend you for doing that because it 
it's important. One, you're just being true to yourself. And two, you know, hopefully if there's someone out there that they just feel a little bit less alone and a little less crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everyone's, yeah, everyone's a bit crazy and it's good to just say. Some oh, of us a little more. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes when it takes, all it takes is for someone to go, look, I don't feel very well, like in myself, I'm not good and I need some help. And someone else might say, I Uh-oh. feel exactly Keeps the same. Freezing. Like, is she freezing for you, Ash? Ross, did she freeze for you? Oh, now I can't hear you, Ross. What is going on? Yeah, I can't hear you either. Are you muted, Ross? Oh. Sorry, yeah, I was oh, muted. you were muted. You scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Oh, Sorry. my God. Okay, let's get it. Let's Sorry. get this interview under control here. Yeah, you were just freezing there for a couple minutes there. I'm not sure what was going on. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, that's great. And uh, I guess, uh, Ross, I'll let you pick it up here. And by the way, Lucy, we edit these interviews to actually make it seem like we know what we're doing. So don't worry about it. <laughs> the final product, everyone's like, wow, yeah. that's a great interview. It's like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't, hear the you didn't know it took two hours, <laughs> three hours, four hours, who knows? Um, so yeah, kind of um, moving on to your new album, which is due mm-hmm. for release in January. I hope you don't mind me writing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect from it? Yeah. Um, this album, obviously the last album I released was on my own label and this new one is too. And the last one I was really conscious of like how majors worked because my record before that I'd released on a re- major and I was writing it for, you know, the reason why industry people write albums. It's just a sort of collection of songs that I wrote because I wanted to write them and because I, I I use music to sort of document what's going on in my life at the moment. And there are lots of different types of songs on there that they're kind of observational, but they rely on everything that's been going on in my life. So it's more like a diary, this album, rather than contrived. Not that any of my others have been too contrived. Maybe the last one was slightly, um, almost, I think I was pushing to write within a certain kind of category, which this album definitely is not. So is there a general vibe, a general sound, or is it a bit more eclectic? Yeah, I don't know if there is a sound. There's Everything's live. Um, there's lots. It's quite drummy. I wouldn't say there was a sound. Um, there's definitely a theme. It's like about, you know, there's one song called Grown Up, and that's about, like, how life just, I mean, life gets better, but it kind of sucks at the same time, like... <laughs> <laughs> like when you get a house and things like that <laughs> and you're like oh all this freedom and then you're like oh my boiler's broken what <laughs> and oh, then I hear just you. sort of yeah. like life things and like there's a song called all that i've loved which is about my wife's grandma who's just recently been diagnosed with dementia and i never knew anything about dementia before that and and now i do and it's, it's just sort of songs that something's triggered something in my mind and i've just written it for the sake of it and um to be quite honest, I don't care if the radio don't like it. And that's the first time I've really felt like that, which is a good thing, I think. That's absolutely yeah, amazing. So. Yeah, uh, I feel like it, it, you sound like you're, you're feeling a lot, very liberated. And it takes a while to get to that point to stop caring. <laughs> just stop caring and you just make great music for yourself. And you know what? If you like it, there's a chance that out of the 7 billion people in the world, I think we're, we're we at 7 billion now. I think we're at 7 billion now. Close to... There's going to be some people that like it. You just got to reach them. You know what I mean? It's and instead of like, trying to please everyone. So I'm, ex- I, I'm really I, excited I, to hear it, truthfully. I, I, I hope you enjoy it. But I recently changed my management and that's just made, you know, this time last year, I like didn't even really want to do music anymore. And that's just like, 
that for me to have even thought that is like what because it's not it's not me and I changed my management I literally without sounding salty I just fired everybody and started again and since then it's been completely different and I wish I could tell you some of the festivals that I'm playing this year because you like they're unbelievable sort of career career affirming festivals well, you know what? I, I would never underestimate, Ross, you can probably back me up on this one. I would never underestimate how much the people you surround yourself with can either raise you up or tear you down. And if you wouldn't mind me sharing a small little anecdote without getting into too much detail, a very short one. You know, I recently was working on a record earlier this year and it's taken me, I've taken months off it just because it was, you know, when you have such a bad experience and you're not around the right people, it can actually drag you down so much where Ross will tell you, I was in a position to be like, I just, that's it, I'm done, not doing music anywhere. Just because the people around me were so negative, and if, even if it's just a couple of the people, you know what I mean? So I can completely relate to you, and then you got you to gotta change that. You got to decide, nope, this, this is not who I'm going to surround myself with. You change your team, you change the people around you, you talk to the right people, you know, you forget the people that want to drag you down. And, and it's amazing what that, where that starts to bring you. So, I mean, yeah. I can just, I, I cannot relate with you anymore on that. that, is, that and is, I and see I'm, it happening with so many so artists as well. Like I, I know artists who've been <clears throat> on both major labels and independent labels, but the people around them were trying to push them in a certain direction or, you know, in a different lane that just wasn't quite where the artists themselves saw, you know, where things should be going. And then since they made that change, they've broken free, they've decided to do their own thing. They're so much happier. Like They're at a similar place uh, as you, Lucy, and they're, they're saying, I'm making the music that I want to make. It doesn't really matter to me what you know the radio thinks or what this manager thinks or what this label thinks, because really it's me sharing what I want to share. And if that resonates with people, then that's you know, that's all that really matters. So, and you know, it might not appeal to the masses, but it'll appeal to, I think, much stronger to a smaller group of people. Weirdly, weirdly, this is the first time I've ever felt like that. And it's been taken to the D radio station that we are trying to be part of, you know, be work as a team with. And the head of that massive radio station said the single that you're releasing from this is the most radio-friendly single that Lucy's ever released. So I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, so that's how you do it. You just stop caring. I but. love it. <laughs> I love that. Lucy, are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, I think so. All right, let's just do this. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Indie or major? Indie. Indie? <laughs> Sorry, you froze on us there. <laughs> I said okay. indie. Perfect. Songwriting or performing? Uh, performing. Education or experience? Um, they're both the same thing. We have a lot of guests say that. Canada mm -hmm. or Scotland? I've... It's Scotland because I've never been to Canada. <laughs> now I'm throwing in a bit of a 90s throwback here, kind of to tie in with your whole uh, Fredos Aren't Tempe video. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to choose between Oasis or Blur. A uh, Blur. Oh, I'm surprised by that one. Song 2 was my jam. <laughs> in the 90s, <laughs> this is my jam. I used to literally throw myself off the walls just like in the music video. I was a ridiculous 13-year-old. The Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. 
Talent or attitude? Talent. Toy Story or Finding Nemo? Toy Story. All the way. Yeah, that was because I saw your Buzz Lightyear post <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Studio or stage? Stage. Batman or Superman? Superman. Now I want to kind of throw in some Yorkshire themed thing here, okay? okay. So, Yorkshire puddings... Or roast potatoes? Um, Yorkshire puddings. Do you guys say roast potatoes, not roasted potatoes? We say yeah, roasted potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> That's because we're lazy. Say, <laughs> yeah, but I also think that you guys overcomplicate things sometimes. You know. Well, you know, we're saying what it is. They're roasted. <laughs> Friends or Seinfeld? Another 90s. Ross is, is in the 90s, by the way. In his mind, it's still the 90s. So we're going to say Friends or Seinfeld. <laughs> Friends. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know no who Mal, who's Michael Bolton. Wait, who's who's Michael Bolton? No, Lucy, Lucy, <laughs> Lucy. What? Come, come on, on, wait. Come on. What's going Michael on? Michael Bolton. Come on. <laughs> come on. He, he. Have you ever seen Hercules? What like? The Disney, the, the Disney film, film. yeah, yeah, the yeah, Disney movie. Yeah. He did the theme song "Go the Distance." Oh, he's very yeah, famous. He does his paragraphs, and paragraphs and long and hair, and he, he is he the, is the nineties, or maybe I know the, the whole song. I, I just didn't know Crossed. who he is. I was born in ninety one, so like I remember the latter half of the nineties, as opposed to somebody who was born in the eighties. Oh, because you're young. Oh, you're young. Is she making us? Is she? Is she? Is she aging us right now? <laughs> I'm yeah. not aging you. A little bit. <laughs> you, you guys aged yourself with Michael Bolton. <laughs> In all fairness, was that my phone? I'm sorry. In all fairness, I was like a small child when my mother used to listen to Michael Bolton. <laughs> In all fairness. Yeah, so, so was I, but I still do. <laughs> well, I love that song. I love Hercules. So let's say Michael. Bolton. Oh, there we go. The bolt got one. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Whale or kale? Whale. She seems very confused by it, which is acceptable because most people reaction. are. Yeah. We're confused by it. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Bette Midler. And your final question. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to make you choose between your Two favorite co-hosts, Ross or Marcio? I just don't know what to say. I mean, (laughs) wait. It's a fake freeze for you there. I fake froze. Oh, I, so I see. I see. I see you wow. trying to get out of it that way. I, I was trying to figure out if that, like, you're, you're clever. <laughs> so are you but that just sort of doesn't get you out of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like you both the same. That's yes, it. That's I'm fine. We accept that. Win. I never win. Ross always wins. So if someone picks both of us, win. to me, that's a win. That's as that's as uh, good as yes. I, I. That's you know. At least at least they didn't. I would assume yeah. out of politeness that everybody picks both of you. Um, you would no. think that, but the fact of the matter is, maybe ten yeah. percent of our guests have ever picked both of us. I'd say another twenty-five or thirty have picked me, and all the rest have picked us. <laughs> Just no, it's not quite it's as extreme as that. It's because we're not in the same studio. I, would, I, I challenge no our listener. I challenge our audience 
to go back and listen to all the interviews and tally up how many Ross has gotten, how many I've gotten, how many we both have gotten. And the winner, and the first person to do this, wins a free t-shirt. Just saying. Ooh. There we go. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so we're still friends now, Lucy. I, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, great. You're still getting our books. Um, so for artists, I want to ask you, for artists who are trying to get their music um, in front of an audience, you know, you've taken a few different routes. Um, and do you say, do you guys say roots or routes? Roots. I say roots. roots. Use roots. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because just it's American. the right one to say. It's just, it's just <laughs> Americans to say roads. Um, you know, um, what kind of advice would you give them just to get started? Uh, kind of what maybe some steps they can take? I think the initial uh, step is um, writing your music, whether that's co-writing or writing in your bedroom, and then taking it to local club. You know, mine was called Club Acoustic or like an acoustic cafe, like play your songs, get up, listen to other people. Uh, and then I think the most powerful of them all, without being signed to a major or getting a development deal with a huge, you know, huge company, would be supports. And the horrible thing about support slots now is that most of them are buy-ons, the really the ones you really want to get yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I mean, I, I've made it. A, you know, I don't. I pick people. I handpick the people that are supports on my tours still, and like because I feel it's really important. It's just an important part of music and the fellowship of music that doesn't seem to really exist that much anymore. People are friends on Twitter and stuff like that, but no one's really like knuckling down and saying, "You come and support me. I'll come and support you. Let's share the music thing like you used to." I think that's going on more than people realize. Like, obviously, this is not something that the fans even need to know, but a lot of artists are actually buying on, and that means that they're actually paying the the headlining artists to be able to open for them. You know, yeah. and it, it sometimes it's quite obvious. You know, without saying names, I, I've been to a couple of shows. I'm like, yeah, this band has no following, and they're opening up for this big band. Okay, they just had the budget, the right number. You know, um, you know, is that something that you? Is that something you've ever done? Is that this, or maybe you don't want to share, share this, and we can cut this part out. Is that something no, you've ever done, I, even to have people open for you? No, I've, I don't. I wouldn't ever. You know, I play. I play pretty like big venues here. Like I'm doing ABC in Glasgow, so that's something you'll know. Like, um, no, I mean, I, do a mixture I mean, of, I mean, have you ever had anyone pay you to open up for you? No, that I mean, that's oh. that's that's what I'm saying. Like, no, and uh, you could do in these sort of size venues, and no, I wouldn't ever because it's just. That's not how it used to work either. Like I once won a support slot for Joan Armour trading and that, that actually didn't like come off. Um, it was like a, she did, she run like a BBC competition. I did uh, a support slot at Dingwalls in Camden for, you know, the uh, acapella band from Scrubs that just pop oh, up yeah, in the yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, no I can't way. remember their name, but yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> And that was amazing. And I got an encore at their show as a support act, which I mean, I would, I'd be like, rock on if someone had that in right, mind. Right. Like, and they were. Oh, wow, and that's like, awesome. I feel like if you were a buy-on, which I don't agree with because you're bypassing other natural, like the natural progression of that, like in industry community, you're just bypassing that. It's not really fair. On people that might be working so hard for that for that show, and it's completely bypassed because someone's turned up with five grand, ten grand. You know, you yeah. just you just the respect I have for you just went from like you know a good level <laughs> to like right up here. 
You are awesome. And we need more people like you, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's I, just the, I agree with that. I just think there's a way that music has worked throughout the history of time. And that's why there was such a close, you know, all the greats, like even going back to Ella Fitzgerald and um, people of that era, they all knew each other because of talent and, you know, how they progressed up the ladder. But it doesn't really happen like that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Someone with millions of followers can retweet your stuff and, like, you know, make a huge difference. It's completely different, isn't it? Or you can just yeah. show your ass on Instagram and millions of people think <laughs> want to follow you. It used to be, and you know, not to get into this road, but I always say like it used to be about you'd get recognized for your talent. Now it's just you get recognized, get famous for nothing. Just stupidity. Yeah. So we can have a whole episode on that. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> be could. very cynical we about could. that, but we will move on. <laughs> Yeah, we'll move on. Um, so I'd be interested to, to ask you, uh, as, a, as an openly LGBT artist, what would you say to other artists who are perhaps struggling with their identity, um, and maybe more specifically, how they may be perceived publicly? I'd say, without sort of being like Crimea River kind of thing, because my gay following is amazing and they're completely loyal. My only sort of... I mean, I don't care about it at all, but some people will say to me, like, I don't want to come to your show because I'll be the only straight person there. I'm like, firstly, that is, like, not a thing. <laughs> and secondly, why, why does that bother you? But I think with with regards to... I, I was in sort of a situation when I was on the show where they sort of try and say, like, are you gay? Like, do you want to be outed and stuff in the press? And I was like, okay, I'm out. You're not out in me because I'm out, and that's just a fact. That's just, like, me. Um, do you know every single lesbian and probably gay guy in the world saw when I walked out on that stage just by the way that I walked and what I was wearing? <laughs> I didn't know I was gay already. That's hilarious. I think there are a lot of artists out there who, who use sexuality as a as a a, pl- a like a boost up when they might not even necessarily have any kind of uh, sexual feelings towards the same sex whatsoever, which is irritating when you see it or when people are snogging on the stage because... Well, like Katy Perry? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not naming any names, but I I don't think it's important. If you want to be who you are and like say exactly who you are and be completely open and honest and you, you gain like a gay following via that way absolutely fine if you don't want to talk about it and people just like you for your vibe just that's it i mean if you if people are struggling with their identities there's so many platforms where they can go to talk about that and um stonewall those those sort of types of um organizations where you can go and speak about your sexuality lucy where can people find you online um, if you type Lucy SP into Google, it'll spell the rest of my name for you because uh, it does. It's I can vouch for not, that. <laughs> okay, let me be more specific. Worth. What's what's your favorite way to interact with your following online? Is it through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? It's Facebook. Okay, Facebook. I, I'm a big fan of Facebook, and you can see all of my sassy comments on on Facebook. I'm Perfect. Quite, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I just give it back when it's given to me. I'm nice. Like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you can find us as in the show on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes and YouTube. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there. Yes, one of those shirts that hopefully you'll wear and not burn. Like we were talking about earlier in our very bad banter in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Don't remind people, Marcio, we've got past that. No, we now we can't that. cut that out. Now we can't edit that out because I've referenced it again. Oh, no. Anyway, as for me, um, I'm working on my second solo album, and you can be part of it at marcionavelli.com slash pledge. I also uh, recently released an acoustic EP called The Reimagining, which, as you can imagine, reimagines previously recorded versions of my songs. I'm just trying to be very wordy. Ross is like bouncing his head. He's like, okay, Marcio, on with it, on with it. Make <laughs> sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. And when you were saying that, it was just like, you, do you remember those Disney sing-along videos that you used to watch? <laughs> and they would have the words it's come like, along and like Mickey's head would bounce when it was the right time to say the word. I was just picturing that as you were saying, oh, that's why I was bouncing my head. I was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> Got a rhythm. Anyway, yeah, it did. It did have a rhythm. You speak in a very rhythmic way. It's almost oh, like you're a musician or something. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, as for me, I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This is true. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton, Joe Centenary, the Rockstar Advocate, Buck Naked Soap Company, Thirty Roses, Wendy Donaldson. And Social Surge. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they, as I always say, keep this show alive. They do indeed. They keep our show's beloved heart pumping. And if you want to sponsor the show, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Uh, we'll love you with all of our pumping hearts. Oh um, I wish I didn't Just say that. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Uh, stop, also, make sure please. to subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss any episodes or our stale banter. Uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you do think of the show. Lucy, this has been wonderful. It really has been. Uh, you are, um, very, you're definitely one of a kind, and, and definitely in this music industry, it's uh, we need more like you, and that's that's oh, coming from you. my heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the new album. Uh, loved everything I've heard so far. So, yeah, I'm really stoked for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll catch you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.